Hello, everyone. How are we doing today? Welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. Today, I wanted to talk about something that I thought I think is really interesting, and that is what's called change in control agreements. Uh, I found a great article here on Bank Director that I wanted to bring in and share with everyone. So the name of this article, this is called Stress Testing Executive Change in Control Agreements. Uh, this was written by David Sietz, who um, I'll just kind of mention in a second. But uh, so for everyone that doesn't know, uh, so bank executives in, I, I can't say all banks, but I would say most banks across the country, bank executives have contracts. Uh, they have employment contracts, which they sign and, and the, you know, the, the, they can really run the gamut in terms of whatever the terms that are inside those contracts. Some contracts can be for, you know, a year, some contracts can be for three years or five years. Um, I think it all depends on uh, the size of the organization we're talking about. Like, in other words, if you're, if you're at a hundred billion dollar plus regional bank, I think your contract is probably going to be different than if you're at a $10 billion bank, or if you're at a, you know, billion dollar plus institution, or maybe even like, you know, a smaller, you know, three, four, $500 million institution. So, and when I say executives, I'm talking about the C-suite. So I'm talking about, you know, your, your CEO, your, uh, chief financial officer, your CFO, I'm talking about your chief lending officer, your chief credit officer, your chief retail officer, uh, probably your, your could be like your chief digital officer, um, maybe, a, maybe a chief retail, maybe a chief um, like human, um, uh, what am I thinking, human resources officer. Um, so, you, you know, anybody who would basically have a chief executive title that would be in the C-suite, those are the individuals that are, that are most likely going to have employment contracts with the bank. Now, as part of that employment contract, you have what's called a CIC, a change in control um, kind of terms and conditions as part of that contract. And so I saw this article and I wanted to talk about this because I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of an interesting thing to talk about because um, you don't really hear you know, necessarily outside of banking circles, you don't hear necessarily many people talking about like a change in control agreement. So let's just go down here. So I want to so. Banks identify potentially value-creating deals based on attractive valuations and potential synergies. Details like executive change and control agreements may not be on the radar until well into the due diligence phase. So what does that mean? That means so you're, you're, you're in a merger and acquisition um, transaction. You got one bank buying another bank. And now, um, you know, maybe the deal might be either finalized or close to being finalized. And it's not till that point where you're basically, you know, uh, contracts have been initiated and now you're going through your due diligence period. And as part of the due diligence period, they start looking at the contracts of the executives of the bank that's being purchased and trying to, you know, figure out, okay, are these executives still going to be with the, the new company, you know, after their bank has been acquired, or are we going to kind of cut them off and let them go? And that's where the change in contract of the, the, um, that's where the CIC really, really comes in to play. So let's look. I, and I like this article because it kind of goes through and defines a number of things right here. So let's look at uh, critical components. So companies use CIC agreements to help keep decision makers neutral in the face of transactions that may result in their job loss. Uh, while executive CIC agreements are referred to as golden parachutes, they play a specific role in facilitating a merger or acquisition. So what constitutes a CIC? How a bank defines a change in control is critical. 
that definition determines whether a transaction triggers the agreement. There are typically multiple parts of the definition and it's important to review and understand each one. So, and then now we're gonna get into these different parts. So uh, the first part is like, what is the trigger? So understanding what action causes the CIC agreement to become effective is key. Today, most CIC agreements have a double trigger, meaning both a defined CIC and termination of employment after the CIC transaction are required to trigger the agreement. Um, and it has a note here that says basically today, few CIC agreements are single trigger, only requiring a change in control, but you should know your bank's um, agreement terms. What is the cash severance? That's the next thing. So the primary benefit under a CIC agreement is usually cash, cash severance, typically ranging from three times the annual base salary plus annual incentives at the CEO level to one time for entry level executives. How will equity awards be treated? In other words, stock options. <clears throat> equity award agreements typically define how a company will handle outstanding equity awards upon a CIC. The value can be significant. Unvested equity awards can serve as an important golden handcuff. At one time, most equity agreements provided for single trigger vesting upon a defined CIC. However, in recent years, most companies have shifted to double trigger, making them consistent with cash severance agreements. So how are supplemental executive retirement plans treated? So non-qualified retirement benefits, such as supplemental executive retirement plans or SERPs, are often an important executive benefit, especially at community banks. Uh, the SERP arrangement may provide for accelerated vesting and lump sum cash payouts upon a CIC and or a qualifying termination. So, and then finally, it basically just says, you know, know your tax to know your tax consequences. And then it asks the question, what is a golden parachute? So Internal Revenue Code Section 28G places a limit on golden parachute payments that are paid contingent on a CIC. The 280G calculations are complex and not intuitive. <laughs> um, what is the excise tax? So IRC section 4999 imposes a 20% non-deductible excise tax on executive parachute payments. At one time, many banks would provide a tax gross up for these, for these excise taxes. Now it is much more common to either uh, cap such payments at safe harbor amounts or to allow an uncapped benefit if it is better for an executive on an after-tax basis. So, and then finally, the article ends with uh, plan ahead. So it is best if a bank stress tests its CIC agreements well before it is in the midst of a transaction. In other words, of, you know, getting purchased or selling. Once a transaction commences, management and the board are under additional scrutiny. Furthermore, the bank may be subject to legal standstill agreements and tax laws will assume that changes within 12 months of a deal are parachute payments. So this gets into basically a very interesting realm. So in other words, if, so I think there's a couple things, couple takeaways with this one. So if you're an executive at a bank right now and you have a CIC as part of your employment contract, you should really be checking that CIC to see how are all these things going to play out? What are the triggers? Uh, what is the cash severance? How will the equity awards be treated? You know, what are the tax consequences? Uh, what kind of, you know, golden parachute is there going to be? Am I going to get hit with excise tax? You know, um, these are all questions that you should be thinking about and should be, you know, considering, especially if you're a bank that if you think, you know, you might be an acquisition target and your bank could potentially get acquired in the next five years. Um, I've done a couple of episodes here on, on mergers and acquisitions. 
And uh, we, you know, we know from those episodes that uh, some people in the M&A world are basically expecting, um, you know, the M&A activity to really pick up this year, especially as as kind of low and is kind of it was basically in the doldrums last year for 2023. So they're hoping that 2024 will be a little bit better. Um, you know, I think a lot of that, again, we, as we talked about in those episodes, a lot of that's going to depend on a number of uh, probably economic factors and things that they kind of play out throughout the course of the year. Um I don't know that there's going to be a tremendous amount of activity in the first six months of the year, but maybe the, maybe the second half of the year could see could see a lot of stuff heat up. But um, but the point is that this again, this is just a very again, it's a, I think this is an interesting topic. It's an interesting thing to take a look at. Um, you know, if you're on the other side of this, if you're a bank, you know, if you're buying another bank and you know you and you've got an executive team of say five or six people, and and you don't, you're not going to bring those people into the fold. Maybe you're only going to keep one out of the six or two out of the six, and you're going to let three or four people go. Well, you know, you really need to go in and review these contracts to find out what is that going to cost you to, you know, to let these people go, you know, what, what kind of, and then ultimately what kind of impact is that going to have on the M&A transaction itself? So uh, again, just a really interesting thing. I hope people, you know, kind of found this interesting. Uh, you know, if you've never heard anything about a change in control agreement, uh, you know, as part of an employment contract, uh, you know, again, I thought you'd find it interesting, but, um, but that's it for this episode. So if you, if you liked it, make sure to please, you know, like, uh, make sure to, you know, like subscribe, uh, check out some of the other videos that we've got going on in the channel right now. And I will be back to see everyone real soon. Thanks a lot.